This is the week of October 26th, and this is Back in My Day. podcast where some not so stereotypical millennials will talk nerdy things from our childhood mostly 70s 80s 90s early 2000s somewhere around there while also looking at today's stuff and looking ahead i am david petrangelo and this week i am very very excited to be joined by two mics and i don't mean i have two microphones in front of my face i have two michaels mikeys mics whatever you want to call them so i will Throw it over to the first Mike that I am normally in the co-host chair with. Michael R. Power. And from the Whack Brackets podcast, Mike or Mikey. How are you, sir? Thanks for being here. I'm doing good. Yeah, I think we've determined that having two mics is confusing. Therefore, I submit my mic to the typical Mike, and I'm going to be known only as Mikey, though you can call me, you can call me Mikey Whack Brackets if you prefer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no problem. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, um, one, I'll start off and say thank you very much for having us on your show. Everyone can hear that very soon uh, in the next little while. That's your, your schedule is your schedule and stuff, but we had a great time uh, going through a lot of really crazy uh, matchups on the bracket. I'll let you explain exactly what that means in a second, but I, our, our result, I think the three of us, the, the championship round and the quote unquote winner was the, like an insane surprise, I think, through all of us. So um, in all of that, Mikey, let everybody know about your podcast and, uh, and the great stuff that you're doing over there. Yeah, our podcast tonight was actually very similar to my sexual experiences at a bar. It was a lot of fun when it happened, but when you wake up in the morning, you realize nobody really had a good time. <laughs> so, we had a good time, but let me rephrase that. Nobody left fulfilled, and our winner was very unfulfilling. That being said, to get to that winner was great, but what I do over there is pretty much I bracket off random contestants against each other. It's oftentimes an eight contestant bracket sometimes it's a four contestant bracket because i do many episodes as well and the difference is because everybody and their brother has a bracketing trope i change the questions every round so in the first round you may ask you may have two contestants and it might be the fat guy down the street versus the guy that drives too fast down your freeway and it would be more likely to fight in your local more likely to fight in your local grocery store and you could fight either one of those guys. In the, Look at this guy then, coming up off the top. I want to argue that one right Jeez. now. I'm going with yeah. that guy. I'm going with that <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then secondly, let's say that the guy that drives too fast down your freeway advances to the next round and he draw, he competes against the guy that walks too slowly by your house and tries to look in your windows. And then you face those guys off with more likely to steal your political sign. So yeah, you can you can like come up with these crazy brackets, and we try to do it ours. And not to spoil anybody, but what we bracketed off were cartoon character slash movie character mishmash. We had a good time with it. Again, the final was crazy, so I was really happy with it. But that's my podcast in a nutshell. I'm sorry to take too long, but 
per the usual, I talk too much, so I'm going to shut up, let you guys get back to the interesting podcast with the people that like to listen to you. So tell me more about what is going on tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, I, would, I wouldn't call us interesting. I would just call us a bunch of guys who like to talk too much. So uh, let's stick with that. Uh, so we were talking before we hit record, even before your podcast earlier this evening when we recorded that, um, I mean, our, our thing was, was centered around, our, our podcast was centered around sort of our age and how we're just getting to that age for us in our early to mid thirties, which I know that's making you shudder Mikey for a second, but, <laughs> um, but for us, it's sort of like we're getting to this point where nostalgia and what we were looking back on, because now we're quote unquote adults. Now we're pretending to be adults in our life. So we have an opportunity to look back at the good old days when we didn't have responsibilities. So it was sort of a reason for us to say, let's talk about all that. So let's talk about the good old days, talk about the, the cool games, the movies, all that TV shows and all that. And that inevitably for us talks gets us to talk about Marvel and Star Wars. Those are always two things. If we're not talking about video games, those two things always come up in some form or another. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the force be with you in Star Wars. And that kicked off a, a brief discussion that we said, you know what, let's hold it for now. So the reason why I say let's hold it for now is because me and Mike grew up, the, 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 the original three Star Wars movies came out 20 years, or I guess about 10 years, roughly five, five to 10 years. The last one, episode six came out before we were even born. And we kind of, we're not quite the age for the prequels because we were a little bit older at that point but you know we grew up with the old we grew up with the original we watched the remastered versions we watched the remastered <laughs> the remastered in 98 97 and all that those were like that's what came to vhs and that's what we had you know the original trilogy which trilogy was still our movies but we were able to see them in the theater but mikey you were as well so let's talk about that so you're not a, technically a millennial but you do watch your star wars you do watch your marvel you do you know, all of this stuff, but you had a different experience in Star Wars. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, first off, I believe I am Gen X because I am, ah. old. I am 49, <laughs> which makes me an old, old man. Let's and not go too far. No one said that. If it makes you feel any better, however, even though you guys are in your young 30s, I am damn near 50. I'm still pretending to be an adult. I haven't figured out what I want to do with the rest of my life. And my kids, I think I'm a decent dad, but they, your miles may vary with them, but yeah, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing with the rest of my life. So don't feel too bad about trying to figure this all out. All that being said, as far as seeing the Star Wars flicks and the Marvel stuff, is that I did see Star Wars actually when it was first released. It was, I think, the first movie I saw in the theater, or one of the first I, I saw in the theater, and this was in the very... I guess seven, I don't know the actual year. It's probably around 77, 78. Yeah, 77, yeah. Okay, and I remember seeing it, and it was like nothing I'd ever seen. It was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. I was so enamored with it. I made my mom take me. I think that we went to the original Star Wars three times, which back then was a big deal, at least for my family. Sure, and that's a lot. That's a lot for anyone even now, a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> Especially this year. <laughs> yeah, 
you you can rent it three times on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> not quite the same experience. Somehow yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. Though honestly, now with shit on TV, it looks better than it did in the theater because the, the that was old, like probably pre seven twenty. Everything was all grainy and shit. Oh yeah. You know, you know, that's the thing. It would be interesting to take myself today and go back and watch something in the theater back in nineteen seventy seven because you we were used to watching things over the air on television, which was something we didn't even talk about beforehand. But literally. The signal of television used to come through the air. It wasn't a cable that went into your television. So depending on how your antenna was set up. Oh, the antenna. Yeah. So this was a whole thing. So when you went and saw this in the theater and you actually got to see a literal film. I've been in a theater before where the film broke because it got too close to the light and you could see it kind of disintegrate right on the light bulb. I thought that only happened in horror movies. That actually used to happen. That's the whole thing. It's it was a really unique experience. That is the kind of cool thing about being old is you can tell people about things that they've never experienced. And obviously, you knew that could really happen in real yeah, life. Previously, yeah, still, but, I, but we never experienced I, it. We never I even did. came close to experiencing it. Yeah, yeah, I did. As well as just, it would be interesting to go back and see how grainy or how interesting Star Wars was. But even then, I saw Star Wars in theater. As a kid, I collected all of the action figures, loved them all. Um, I remember saving up for, there was, on Star Wars figures, I think if you cut something out and you collected five UPC codes, you could send it in and get a Boba Fett before he was released as a real character. And he was supposed to shoot whatever was in his back was supposed to shoot out. But by the time I got him, they're like, this is too dangerous. We're not going to allow this to happen. You got yeah. that's, and it like was a, never, that's like a legendary toy. That's yeah. Like an epic. Like they make documentaries about this toy. Like that's, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's whole stories about how it was it was such a huge craze, like you're explaining, and it just never happened. And it was like this big thing to sell toys and sell the movie and vice versa. Yeah. And it was this thing that Boba Fett was a character you barely knew and yeah. looked cool, and that's arguably why people like him is because he looks cool but that was also something that he never did either he never shot anything out of his backpack that was never the plan either it was just this random idea they came up with with the toy too it has no connection to the movies other than his outfit just looks the same (laughs) that's kind of it (laughs) yeah and it was awesome because i was so looking forward i got the boba fett i wanted it to shoot it out because i used to have these things called Shogun Warriors, and they used to shoot all kinds of shit out. It was so much fun, and I was waiting for this Boba Fett to shoot stuff out, and then it came with this little white disclaimer that said, Boba Fett can't shoot things out because pretty much, you know, it's... uh, Too dangerous for kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As a kid, you're like, what the fuck, man? I've been been dealing with these Shogun Warriors over here. Do you know what lawn darts are? I won't go on a whole lawn dart. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I had oh, yeah. Some oh yeah, we had those. They're shooting yeah. my friends with BB guns. And yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, so so Canada was like even behind, America got all like a wimpy early. Canada's like, <laughs> oh shit, we're keeping lawn darts and BB guns. This. Oh is man, dope. we had a, we had a BB gun when my when one of my cousins got old enough to not want her Furby anymore. We had a fur we had a Furby hanging off a tree in my cousin's backyard, and that was our target for the BB gun. Oh yeah, shooting the Furby. <laughs> That's dope. It's like, <laughs> what, what a combination of things. But it was like, sure, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> it was just small enough and just far away enough that we had to try pretty hard 
to to aim at it and stuff and but it, they, yeah. they have a face that you want to shoot a Furby though. it does like, absolutely yeah i mean that craze lasted maybe six months so <laughs> yeah and and i won't i won't hijack your episode i had a podcaster on my episode and they were great phil and nadia unreal prognosis and phil mentioned something called a long Furby. do you know what a long Furby is no okay i won't i don't know as well but pretty much a long Furby is when there are people that take Furbies and make extremely long Furbies out of them. So they'll take like the Furby face and they'll turn it onto some like long, almost like a boa. And it's like feet long. It's really weird. Check it out. Oh, again. I love it. Whatever it is. I love it. Uh, yeah, so what, check out the long Furby. That yeah, sounds that like a, like a perfect thing that you put on your lawn for Halloween. Speaking yeah, of the fact October, that we're at the end of October, that sounds creepy as hell. I don't want that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check them out. They are every bit as creepy as hell. If you just, thought they were maybe worse <laughs> so so yeah but as far Sweet. as star wars goes i won't talk too much about that no yeah, no I and, and i guess part of it is is too like you know there's this is different experience that we've that me and mike have had to, to you with with star wars but there's also a different experience with marvel as well you know i think all three yeah. of us have a different slightly different perspective on what we think of the movies and how they've been handled and things like that um mike you're you're a huge marvel fan especially with the movies and all that right so um I, I you guys have both been a little bit more into comics at different times obviously and for different reasons and different storylines i think in some ways but mike wh- why why does marvel sit with you and then after mike toss it over to mikey to sort of do a bit of a comparison because i'm in the in the position where i did not grow up r- reading a whole lot of comics i wrote a, i read a lot of graphic novel versions of comics when i was in my teens and 20s but never consistently and i am lukewarm on most of the marvel movies even though i do enjoy them but mike you're almost i want to say almost in love with 80 percent of the movies and grew up with a a lot of the comics as well i'm a a sucker for the the marvel movies the comic book movies anyone that listens to this podcast and it's because i i grew up with the comics and i know mikey was telling us earlier he grew up with the comics and i think i probably read a lot of the same comics he did because when i was a kid um I was reading comics from like the, the $1 bin or whatever. That's what me and my dad loved to do. Those old 70s, 80s Marvel comics. Anything written by Stan Lee, I was scooping up right away. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Um, and then that was my early childhood. And there wasn't really comic book movies in the 90s until Blade came along. And it was the first you know action com- comic book movie I fell in love with. And then it was the the X-Men and the first Spider-Man. And ever since then, I've been hooked. And we have this tradition in my family, me and my dad and uh, family friends. We go to every single Marvel movie together. And now that I'm 33, it's going 20 years we've been doing it. And I absolutely love them. And so I, I understand like I have a bias towards them because they have this nostalgia for me. And growing up reading these comic books when I was six, seven, eight years old, I could, only, I could never imagine seeing a movie where the action that I'm reading on the comic book is on a screen and it looks how I imagine it in my imagination. So that's my bias. And if you've heard me review the movies on this podcast, you know how much I love them. Um, but, but so the MCU I'm a sucker for, but I know Mikey, you had an interesting take on the MCU that you were telling us that I did sort of agree with. And um, yeah, so just, just wondering uh, what your experience is with comic books and with the Marvel movies and the MCU and everything. Yeah, I, I won't talk about the DC comics very often or very much, 
But yeah, I, I had a bunch of cheap DC comics. You were talking about the dollar bin. I was so old. We used to have like a 10 cent bin, 20 cent oh, bin, wow. 5% bin. So I used to get a whole bunch of those old DC comics. So I could talk to you ad nauseum about the flash mm-hmm. who is really the only DC guy I used to screw with <laughs> uh, some. Yeah. Superman and this old Batman. If you read some of those old comics, some of them are terrible. Don't get me wrong. The Joker's kind of good in some ways, kind of bad in some ways, mm-hmm. but again, not to, I won't, I won't hijack the Marvel comic book universe here because Marvel has always been a lot better than DCU. So that being said is when I grew up, I remember actually, again, back in my day, I actually remember seeing Spider-Man, not the real Spider-Man, of course, but a guy dressed up as Spider-Man at a, at a place called Kmart, which is an old department store that yeah, existed. Yeah, we had those. K- you had Kmart. It's basically that was our target growing up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and I can't remember if it was a Kmart or an Allmart, but I think it may have been a Kmart. Either way, I remember standing in line to see Spider Man. Also, stood in line at that same store to see Darth Vader. By the way, mm-hmm. neither one of these were real people, but they were people dressed up. The Spider Man was pathetic. I'll have to find this photo. I don't know if it still exists, but it literally is some really skinny dude dressed up in the Spider Man outfit back in the seventies. So you can imagine how terrible <laughs> that Spider Man outfit looked. It was awesome, and, and not to hijack that, but have you ever seen the Electric Company? Yes. Yes. You remember yes. the electric company Spider Man? <laughs> now I do, now that you say it. Yes, yes. This guy <laughs> looked like jam. the electric company Spider Man. <laughs> so, so, anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, go Google up, I'm assuming, electric company Spider Man. It's hilarious, probably. Hopefully, that Google works. Anyway, but yeah, I stood in line for hours to see, not hours, probably minutes when you're a kid. But Spider Man was the center of my Marvel comic book universe. And when they started releasing Marvel movies, it was all this Avengers. Uh, X-Men, I think, came out in a different timeline. I don't remember. Again, different long story studio, short. Is, different timeline, yeah. Yeah, I was not. I was also an X-Men fan. I was an Avengers fan. I had all the comics. I could tell you way too much. Uh, I have one of the things that they had was called the Marvel Universe. I think they were the, I think it was called a Marvel Universe uh, comic book. It had all the characters from the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite characters that I remember reading about there was Drax the Destroyer. Who oh, back, yeah, yeah, I actually got, I actually had the first appearance of Drax the Destroyer from a comic book from like 30 yeah. years ago or whatever when I bought it. Who Thanos, who was a nobody for many, 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 many years. And then all of a sudden he becomes this, oh, well, now he's the biggest villain in the Marvel Universe. You know, I, don't, I won't call him a nobody, but he just seemed like this kind of big character. And then all of a sudden, there's always Galactus was the big guy. Galactus goes swallow worlds and shit. So, um, so long and short is, is that my Marvel Universe revolved around Spider-Man. That's what Marvel Universe was. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And then when you see these movies, initially... Spider-Man didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. And they started revolving around Iron Man. I was just never a big Iron Man fan. Uh, the first Drax the Destroyer and Thanos showed up in Iron Man, but I didn't buy it because of Iron Man. I bought it because of Drax the Destroyer. As well as the first Hawkeye. I bought the first Hawkeye comic because he showed up in, I think, uh, Tales of Suspense. Is that right? 
the tales Could of suspense be. yeah yeah i think the tales of suspense i think it was like 50 some, or it's 54 i think or 55 for the iron man comic which yeah hawkeye showed up with iron man who used to be in tales of suspense because iron man's so old yeah oh yeah but he's just not a very to me i think we were talking about not a very relatable character yeah i agree he's unlikable he was an alcoholic and you could argue if I'm an alcoholic or not. I mean, I guess by technical definition, I may be. But I'm also <laughs> probably not very likable, and that's fine. Um, but at, at least you don't the, get into, you know, flight suits when you're all, uh, you know, you're you know, irresponsible like that. He's basically <laughs> drinking and driving at that point. Yeah, and they're not going to, revo- you know what? I mean, it's not like some podcasting universe is revolving around me. I can tell you <laughs> by my numbers. Yeah, my, my, my twos and twos of fans could tell you. Yeah, my Mike's Whack Bracket podcasting universe is very small. But it's a universe. How small could it possibly be? (laughs) (laughs) I found found the Tales of Suspense uh, with a quick uh, Google search here. It's number 57. Okay. And it says on it as well, watch the sparks fly when the handsome Hawkeye teams up with Black Widow. How about that? First appearance by both. So, yeah, yeah, and I, I think the number, of the, though, and I could be totally wrong, I'm pulling this off out of my ass. Number 54 or 55 is when Drax and Destroy and Thanos end up in Iron Man. Is that true? Let's see. 54. Mm-hmm. Looks it's interesting like... how, uh, Mikey, you're saying like see. The, uh, the MCU because it didn't revolve around Spider Man. But I, and I, I, I think that's fair. I think I understand. I think I would have much preferred it if it revolved around Spider Man. And I, I do agree. Iron Man is almost like a C-list character, and it was a big gamble yep. when Marvel kind of made the Iron Man movie and sort of decided that was going to um, spawn their universe. And I, 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 the reason being because they had sold, they almost went bankrupt in the '90s, and they had sold off the rights to all their other A-list characters, so X-Men to Fox and Spider-Man to Sony, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did you feel about the Spider-Man? So, before the MCU, there was the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire trilogies, and for me. Those movies were massive because I was about 12, yeah. 11, 12 when they came out. And it was before like the internet where you don't really get hyped up for movies. And my dad just taking me to this movie and it's like, hey, it's a Spider-Man movie. And I'm sitting yeah. there on what to expect. And all of a sudden, you know, Spider-Man is on my is on my screen and he's and he's in a movie and it blew my mind and it was amazing. And I've always loved those Spider-Man movies, probably more than the MCU. Those three those hmm. Spider-Man movies are like like my favorites because of nostalgia because I was that age. So how did you feel about the, the Sony Tobey Maguire movies? Cause you were a bit older. Yeah. Um, maybe they didn't hold up as well. You know, maybe it's cause I was a kid. So. You know what? I, I think, and I don't know your experience with comic books is I think with comic books I loved and to this day, and this is me, this is dumbass me. So you guys can rip me for this. I've gone from being a movie guy in my youth to being a series guy. I love long-term series that take several episodes to conclude or an entire season to conclude. To me, movies kind of lost their luster. And I think even by then, I was not very interested in movies because they had to wrap up by the end. So to me, like especially a comic book movie, when I started seeing comic book movies, Star Wars was its own entity because it wasn't a comic book beforehand, so I didn't have a frame of reference. So when I saw the first Star Wars, I was like, this is awesome. And it wrapped up in an hour and a half. Whereas like comic books, they can be an entire arc. 
it can take several comic books and I was fine with reading the next comic book, reading the next comic book, trying to get, so to me, a movie wraps up too quickly. So I think even part of movies in general, I think it was a, I think it was two things. I think it was the fact that I was so in love with Spider-Man, but even the old Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire movies, like you mentioned, I didn't like those as much as I loved the comic books because I felt like they wrapped too quickly. Mm-hmm. You have to start as movies do, particularly comic book movies. You have to give the audience that isn't, aware of what happened before you have to give them kind of a basis right and you have to build up you get everything that happens in in the middle and then it kind of closes at the end so really there's just not much meat in that in my opinion so even then i found those star wars or not star wars those spider-man movies not to be as entertaining as the comic books so the, even those were disappointing to me yeah. i mean i can respect that i i, I still and read comic books. So I still mm-hmm. like that, you know, experience of, you know, the long drawn out story. And it's the, the age old thing where the movie never lives up to the expectation of the book or the comic right. book. And um, it's like that for me. The reason why the MCU, you know, I'm a sucker for it is because they're doing the thing that made comic books so amazing, which was mm-hmm. you read Spider-Man, you're a Spider-Man fan. You read, um, let me say Iron Man, you're an Iron Man fan. Then you read, or you read Captain America and Iron Man. Then you read the Avengers, and they all team up and they all show up. And that had never happened yeah. before in movies, but now you have the MCU came along. They in the, now everyone wants their own franchise, but you have this movie model that's based on the comic model where they have their own movies, but then they get together to show up in an Avengers movie, and that's just like crack for a kid who who grew up reading comics <laughs> and loved to like buy the big edition where all your characters got together. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's the same it's actors. Like the... It's yeah. It's well, like the Civil, Civil War is an awesome comic. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome event and stuff, right? Like Secret that's... Wars is the first crossover. Yeah, event. right. Secret Wars. Yeah. yeah. When you read that when you were a kid and you were like, "All my favorite heroes are showing up in the same comic book. This is yeah. <laughs> this is my yeah. dream come true." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now now I'm experiencing that as an adult with movies. Um, yeah. Because I still, like I said, I still read comic books, but I don't read them as much as I did. I don't have time to like read monthly comics anymore. I just pick and choose, and uh, instead I get my fix on the on the big screen and. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's cool. Okay, after Star Wars, Marvel, lots of movies that we've uh, experienced in the past and lots of movies that we could very easily throw in our VHS uh, players right now or DVD players or uh, Disney plus or whatever you want to, whatever we have available here in, in 2020. Um, there's a couple of uh, really fun movies and dates that we could get to and during this week. So I'm going to start off right away with something. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to frame it as controversial and that's only because there's a choice maybe we need to make. And this might be the only movie we get to because of this. Uh, I don't mean to scare you guys, but... (laughs) I'm I'm intrigued. You're intrigued? Okay, great. Perfect. So, the year is 1993. It is October 29th. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? 
What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? And the nightmare before Christmas hits theaters in North America. And the reason why I say it's controversial is because there's the somewhat ongoing discussion, similar with Die Hard, is this a Halloween movie or is this a Christmas movie? So I think part of our discussion with this movie is how do we feel about it? Because I think that might frame how you feel about the movie itself. I don't know, Mikey, I'll I'll start with you. I, I, I know that for us... I think when this movie came out, we were only, you know, we're under 10 years old when this movie comes yeah. out. It's a, it's a whole other experience for us, I think, yeah. um, for our age group. And I think that depending on when we watched it, maybe when yeah. we were kids, we felt that it was a Christmas or a Halloween movie. As adults, yeah. maybe we have a different perspective. But what's your experience with this movie, if at all? And <laughs> and I don't know, is it is it one of the two or is it just a movie? Well, I would say this again. I am a man of a particular age. So I'm 49 now. In 93, I bet you I was 24. And I did not have children. So I did, I've never seen this movie, 100%. So I don't oh, have a- Oh, damn. Now, now, that being said, it's a cartoon, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's stop, stop motion animation, Tim Burton style. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about this movie to give you an honest assessment. But to me, if it's stop motion- I think Coraline, my daughter loves Coraline. Yes, exactly. Very, very similar look to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually wish I had my daughter down here. She podcasts with me some. She's 17 and she may have seen this movie. Coraline's one of her favorite movies and she goes on and on about yeah, it. Yeah, great movie. So, so that being said, I look at it as probably a Christmas movie, but with uh, Tim Burton, obviously a great director. Sometimes he, he, screws the pooch on things but (laughs) by and large if i recall again if i recall this is a pretty well received movie Uh, yeah absolutely yeah 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 Yeah. and one of his better movies so i would love to see this movie now that you've mentioned it and maybe i'll mention this yeah i might mention this to um some some of the other podcasters that that i've talked to because yeah i I would i would like to check this movie out so if if you guys will have me on again yeah. 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 Let's and, do it, man. Just to finish, if you guys have me on again, I promise I'll watch this movie and I'll give you an honest review about it. Okay. So, let's do I mean, it. That's actually I'm a great idea. <laughs> and say it's it's October twenty second right now. This movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Ian Walter has our friend Ian, the other another co-host on the podcast, has been on before, and he said this, so I'm stealing it from him. This is the perfect movie to watch on November first, when Halloween has just ended and you're about to enter the Christmas season. Because this is a movie that mashes Halloween and Christmas into one movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mikey, yeah. November first. If you've got it free, you should pop on this movie. Okay. Uh, with, with your daughter, you guys will love it. I will do that. Um, I'll put this on my calendar right yeah, now. Do it. <laughs> Look at him. He's got the phone perfect. out and everything. <laughs> okay, watch this. Okay, Google. Remind me on October thirty first at ten a.m. to watch Nightmare Before Christmas with Mia tomorrow. Perfect. There you go. That's it. And, uh, Real time will, planning. <laughs> I will say, I, I do, in my opinion, it's if it, someone wants to say it's a Christmas movie, then I will not argue with them. It, it, it has all the hallmarks of a Christmas movie, which I think me and my wife, we were sick of the debate over Die Hard and we decided to make our own rules. And we were like, listen, if someone says Merry Christmas, if there's Christmas music, 
and if there's Christmas decorations, like a Santa or something, it's a Christmas movie. And it has and it takes place over Christmas, right? Like those are the four criteria. So <laughs> Die Hard meets that criteria. This definitely meets that criteria. I would say they're both Christmas movies. Um, and Nightmare Before Christmas, great Christmas. It even has Christmas in the title. So Yeah, it but, really but, does. But yeah. watch it November 1st, even though <clears throat> I said it's Yeah, I think that's it. actually a really good way to watch it. I think that's a very... I do remember him saying that, and I do mm-hmm. think that that's a great way to do it because the second you walk into a dollar store, the second you walk into a Target, a Walmart, or whatever on November 1st, out comes the Christmas trees and Christmas decorations, right? I mean, that's just inevitably the way it's going to work. Um, make sure you're wearing your mask when you walk into the store this year, but... At the same time, I think I, I think you're right, Mike. I think that there is it, it, it is I, I think this is almost like a um, a parallel universe type thing. That's the way they treat this. He lives in Halloween and he visits Christmas. That's basically how this works and how he you know learns over the course of the movie to be a better person. Basically, is what it is based on the goodness of of the holiday season. Is kind of what it is, right? And I think there's probably more Christmas in it. And I think the gist of it is that Christmas comes into Halloween or, or the good comes into the bad and makes it lighter kind of thing. So yeah, I I guess that's what it is, but really at the end of the day, just watch it and enjoy it. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like a musical as well. So it's super fun to watch. And um, I'm not a massive Tim Burton fan or anything, but this is one of the ones that I could easily go back to and watch over and over. Again, I think it's one of the ones that I really enjoy. So I think it's inevitable that this is something that comes up around this time of year, but I think it's also inevitable that you're going to enjoy yourself or at least partially through this. You know, I I think it's really well done. It still holds up uh, because of the animation, because of the style that it is as well. And you don't have to be a big term Burton fan, I think, to enjoy this movie, which is, uh, which I think is cool. So um, Mikey, you got homework. I'm sorry, but we're giving you homework. And I know it's been... Actually, my daughter has seen, I just texted her. She says she has seen it. So yeah, uh, I, as this podcast for guests, and we may not stay on too long, but I'm going to ask her opinion. And Yeah, then, do it, man. Go for say, it. Uh, let's so, yeah. do it. <laughs> and, but yeah, let's go. Yeah, go ahead to your next question, and I'm going to see what she says, and then I will relay that. Awesome. Nice. Okay. So and, that, and what so was we'll, the question again? Halloween or Christmas movie? Yeah, yeah is it a Halloween okay. movie or a Christmas movie? Is and does it, it even matter, or is it both? Halloween. Okay, yeah. So you guys can start talking. I'm, I'll say yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you right. start talking to the next question. I will let you know what my daughter says. So I'm going to go jump ahead a couple of days, and but we're going to go back uh, about 20 years. So we're going to go November 2nd, 1976. Now this is 100% a Halloween and spooky movie. 1976, <laughs> November 2nd, Carrie was oh, released yeah. in theaters. Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie. This is definitely, obviously, something, Mike, that we would have seen when we were older. Mm-hmm. Definitely something that would have been out for probably 30 years by the time we saw it. Uh, Mike, do you have any experience? Have you seen this? Have you seen Carrie? It's been a long time. It's been a very long time, but yes, creepy as shit. It's, um, <laughs> it really is. 
Yeah, it's so uh, much a remake, so it's hard to think of the one that I've actually seen. If it's the seventy, uh, the seventies one, or if it's the newer one, I think but... I'm pretty sure the seven, the seven. I mean, the newer one is only. I'm gonna look it up right now, but I'm pretty sure the the original one is the one that you'd probably think of. Probably, yeah. Oh yeah, um, Sissy Spacek is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, think yeah, that's the that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I may butcher some of this because I have not seen this movie. I saw this movie when I was a preteen. So you're pulling something out of your ass that I haven't seen in 30 plus years, which is a long time because I'm, <laughs> I was 19, 30 years ago. So I'm betting 35 years ago. If I recall, she was maybe molested in something. Yeah. She's abused yeah. and stuff. And that's sort of like the, the crux yeah. of, of what sort of sets things off. And then she's yeah, and sort she's of possessed at the prom or whatever. And yep, they she try gets to make blood fun of her. On her and all, stuff. Oh yeah. She's bullied yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's a whole, there's a whole like she, message. She kills a whole shit room of stuff. people or something. And yeah, yeah. it's the whole gym yeah. burns on fire and everything. Yeah. She's just, yeah, it's the whole yeah. thing. That, that was, uh, I think that is why scary movies don't scare me at all. Shit like that. Because I watched way too many scary movies when I was a kid. It's, you know. So, yeah, because really movies back then were a lot cruder and crueler, I think, than they are now. I think Carrie was a cruel movie. I think people, it's, it was mentally cruel. You don't see mental cruelty in horror movies as often anymore. It's just like, let's kill a bunch of people or let's have some like evil, evil villain. Carrie wasn't evil. She was just pushed to the limit, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that that's the overall, not overall message, but that's part of what they're getting at with this story. Yeah. Right? Is that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Long it's, story short. It's dark, it, man. It's, it's fucking dark. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's dark. And Sissy Spacek, when she's sitting there with the blood all over and looking completely cray. Oh, yeah. And this is, this is coming from 35 years ago. Again, this was not rehearsed. So I'm, unlike Whack Brackets, we kind of, I send you guys a little bit of shit. And I was like, here's where we're going with this. And then it kind of goes off the rails. If I completely butcher this, I apologize. But if I recall, there's a scene where she's like bloody in a white dress or whatever. And she's like completely spaced out and fucked up looking and it's just it's an iconic scene to me yep. that even like 35 years or whatever it was when i saw this kind of burns through me today i'm like i remember that shit it's it's spooky it's yeah it's it's really off-putting movie. right it's yeah. really unsettling yeah. And stuff yeah and and, and i think the unsettling scene, feeling yeah. is is a lot of what these older just in general older horror movies were you know there were the jump scares there were the you know even Texas Chainsaw and Jason and Freddy and all that kind of stuff. Like they're unsettling on top of the sort of jump scares and everything. But I think, yeah. I think that Carrie is one of the prime examples of it being unsettling before it was anything else. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's not, I'm not sure the movie was necessarily even meant to be scary as much as it was just meant to be really disturbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You, you've, no. you've seen it, I guess, or? Yeah, well said. Yeah, I've seen it like like on TV and like it's <laughs> disturbing, scares the crap out of you. <laughs> but it's a good Stephen King adaptation. Like not all his movies are are well adapted. Or not all of his books are well adapted, but yeah. this was well done, especially for um like 
how old it is the time that it was made it probably holds up you could probably watch it over the original yeah well the the the, the one that they sort of remade was in 2013 so it's it's oh they they waited a long time to redo it and i i don't remember if i've seen it but i know i've seen the original one more than a few times and um yeah it's just that unsettling feel and stuff and like you said a lot of the stephen king movies and books and stuff they, they don't they're not home runs which which is okay that's fine there's so many of them um but this is one of the ones that that holds up because i think it doesn't go for like the effects and the and the jump scares and sometimes jump scares feel corny when they're 50 years old or, or whatever it is it's got to be one of the, like one of the first adaptations and it's got its success has to be part of the reason why we still see stephen king movies today right like, yeah yeah that cujo the shining uh you know pet cemetery like all that stuff is all from his crazy mind and you know however you feel about the movies you feel about them but uh but yeah this is definitely one of the earlier bigger successes for sure yeah maximum overdrive i don't think is very good but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole just, other just throwing that out that's yeah, old oh, and not very good well, there's definitely a few stephen king adaptations that are not really worth revisiting cujo is actually one of them that it's not very good because they're kind of going that you need that dog to be the monster to be the effect and they just weren't able to pull it off in the mid 70s it just wasn't really that possible and even now it's like oh an angry dog like if you remade it it's kind of like okay well i mean sure (laughs) like i don't know that you necessarily would would be that entertained by it but i don't know maybe that's just me <laughs> well sadly my daughter did respond ah here we go nightmare before christmas and she, you can tell she's got better shit to do than to talk to her dad on the, <laughs> because i literally ask is it halloween or is it a halloween or a christmas movie or both or does it even matter and is it any good kind of both and it's super good there you go thank you we got the the but you know what yeah we got the but you know what that's that is just as legit an answer than us rambling about it a few minutes ago like you know it's a lot better answer than i had because i've never seen (laughs) it but i honestly i think that that's 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 a normal i think that is an average answer for a movie like that because it it doesn't lean one way or the other in a good way and i think that it is entertaining enough that regardless of what you feel about anyone that's in the movie or made the movie or whatever like yeah it's it's just a it's a fun quirky type of movie i think she is as as broad as that statement is that she wrote back to you i think that that is exactly what it is (laughs) yeah well she is busy writing uh college essays right now i'm that old so she's busy writing college essays so you have to keep it within a certain number of words so i'm going to defend her and go she is just in the mindset of being she's trying to put as many thoughts into as few a words as possible for yeah, being well, very she, succinct she and she nailed it yeah. she did nail it yeah i think you're right That's exactly um <clears throat> all right gents i won't eat up too much of your time it's uh it's getting late and we're uh we're a couple of uh, adult pops in so i will let everybody go but before that um mikey why don't you let everybody know where they can keep track of you and whack brackets and all that whole uh the whole whack there. The How whole whack bracket universe. The whole whack bracket universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will give you the full whack, but I promise I won't do anything sexual when I talk about the full whack. Fair so, enough. So, you know, long and short, I'll be very quick. Long and short, I'll be very quick. That's illogical. Reach out to me. 
at Whack Brackets on the Instagrams and the tweeters. You can also send me an email, Mikey at WhackBrackets.com. I'll get it. And, uh, you know, check out my podcast if you had an opportunity. And more importantly, and these guys are probably going to talk about it, donate. They got cool shit going on. And uh, I will let you guys explain more about that because you guys are experts and I'm old and half drunk. So. Wow, I have never been called an expert in anything. I really appreciate that. We're not experts. <laughs> <We're> not. <laughs> but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so what he's referring to is uh, our Extra Life um, charity stream and, uh, and donation page. So if you search back in my day and Extra Life or you, you go on our um, social media pages, you can jump to our team. You can join it and raise your own money, family and friends, random people, whatever, uh, all the money goes towards children's hospitals regardless of where you're located. So your closest children's hospital, or you can choose anything. You can honestly choose a children's hospital in California and you live where we are in Toronto or close to New York or you know whatever it is. You can kind of choose whatever location you want. Either way, if you search back in my day, that's part of our team. You can even create your own, never mind us. It doesn't matter. Either way, the money is going towards children's hospitals and a charity, which is really what it all comes down to. Um, but you can join our team and we're, and we're going to just be raising money for children's hospitals over the course of the next month. Um, Extra Life basically promotes playing games, whether it's tabletop or video games and using that time and that promotion to have donation pages open so that money goes towards these hospitals. So we are planning a game day on November 14th. If you look up Extra Life, it will say November 7th. But uh, life gets in the way, as we say, and uh, we can't make the 7th, so we're going to make it the 14th, one week later, and we're going to be playing games for 24 hours straight in order to be, um, I guess, promoting the fact that we want to raise money or as much money as we possibly can. So uh, we're going to be playing a whole bunch of a bunch of wacky games. It's going to be myself. It's going to be Michael R. Power here and our friend Rich. Uh, we're going to be playing on Twitch. So if you find back in my day plays or back in my day games, either one of those pages will be having our stream open for 24 hours or as close to 24 hours as we can humanly stay awake. Um, but more importantly, it's not really about us. It's not really about the podcast. It's really about the donations that are going to go towards a good cause. So uh, find us there. You can donate to us or you can join the team or create your own and, uh, and raise money for kids hospitals. After that, Mike, where can everybody find us, follow along, our pages, our social media, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so yeah, thanks for everyone that's donated so far. So check out Extra Life and all the great things they're doing. Find us uh, on Instagram and social media at Day Back In. The podcast is called Back In My Day. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on your podcast app of choice. On Twitter, it's Back In My Day Games and Back In My Day Plays. Excellent. Gents, Mike and Mike or Mikey. Thanks very much uh, for joining me. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And we will catch everyone next week. <laughs>